What is up, world? Welcome to the first official episode of Well World. We're screwed. <laughs> My name is Thomas, and I am your host. And you can call me Tom, Tommy, whatever the hell you want to call me. But, um, Well World, We're Screwed is essentially a podcast centered around news, politics, life, tragedy. I mean, I could think of a million things that we can talk about, but we're going to start off today with uh, just some nonsense. So I don't know about you guys, but I don't understand why most people make it through a single day in life, let alone years. The average person nowadays, in my personal opinion, is a fucking moron. People are just stupid. I mean, let's just get it, not get it twisted. Let's talk about it for real, okay? The way people drive, the way people act, the way people talk, the way people treat other people, it is legit sickening. Um, for the most part, and I'm just, you know, I, I don't get it. You know, there are people who literally make a living off stabbing people in the back and talking shit about people behind their backs. And I mean, look at social media. You know, I mean, social media is literally a plethora of people who live fake lives. And it is just incredible the amount of money that some of these people are able to generate by being fake people. I, I mean... Look at, for instance, you know, somebody wanted to have an Instagram account with the most likes or the most views or whatever the case may be. So they made an Instagram for an egg, the world record egg. It's a fucking egg, you idiots. It's an egg. And people went to this thing and they flocked to it like it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And now this thing has merchandise and now it has, I mean... I get it. Some people will step back and say, oh, the person who did that's a marketing genius. No, the person who did that is a fucking moron who takes advantage of the herd mentality. The herd mentality is what drives 90% of people in today's world. That's where Democrats come from. (laughs) That's where the liberal media comes from. It's all a herd mentality. You know, at the end of the day, you have one group of people that is just waiting for somebody to tell them what to do. If Nancy Pelosi went on CNN right now and told all the Democrats in the United States to walk around with their thumbs in their asses for the next six months, guess what? They'd do it because she's their leader. She's their, she's the the Darth Vader to her to their Luke Skywalker. I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous what people will listen to and what people will believe in today's culture, and it's just frustrating. I mean, you. Walk outside, you look around, and generally, for the most part, people are, most people are cool and friendly and easy to talk to and easy to get along with, but then there's just those that you literally, it takes everything in your power every day not to just slap them upside the head. I mean, I can't tell you on a daily basis how many times I see people just do shit that infuriates me to the point of wanting to like jump out of my car and just beat someone to death 
And of course I don't do it because I'm a respectful human being and I just keep it to myself and keep moving. But it is just absolutely ridiculous the way people drive and I mean how people just put lives in danger for fun or because they're in a rush to get to work or because they're in a rush to get to school or because they're trying to be the next person in line and they don't want to let somebody else in into their little line. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, I just I don't get it. I don't know where the reality is that we become a culture of instant gratification. And if they and if everything we do can't come down to an instance of being instantly gratified, then it's it's not worth it to people. So even when it comes down to driving, I mean, do, does anybody obey the speed limit anymore? I don't know about you, but I will honestly admit that even when I'm driving behind somebody who's going the speed limit, I get pissed off because I'm so used to speeding everywhere, no matter where we go, that it just become commonplace. 25 mile an hour zone? Hell no, that bitch better be 50. And if you're not going 50, I'm passing you. I don't care if you're going 48.5. I'm going around you because I want to go 50 in the 25. And that's just life. I mean, that's just the way everything is fast paced. Everything is at high speed. There is very, we take very little time to ourselves to actually enjoy anything because everybody's always hustling and working and busting their asses to get to the next point of life. And I don't, when I say hustling and working and busting their asses, I'm not talking about all you fuckers out there that have no jobs and you're lazy assholes who live off the government and don't do shit, but to get to your next nail appointment or to get to your next, you know, drug sale or whatever the case may be, how you, however you bring your money in, <clears throat> you know, the, the, all those dollars that you make that the government doesn't know about. I'm not talking about that. When I talk, I'm just talking about the being busy. The term busy nowadays is irrelevant because what it means to be busy is not what it means to actually have something worth doing. And I think a lot of us can truthfully step back, look at our days and say, you know what? I'm not really as busy as I think I am. I just prioritize shit that shouldn't be prioritized. Every, I make everything this, the same level of importance versus actually prioritizing the things that are relevant in my life so that I would have more free time if necessary. I mean, stress, we stress ourselves out. We stress ourselves out to keep up with the Joneses. We, the Joneses, we keep, we stress ourselves out because we choose to involve ourselves in things that don't make any sense. <clears throat> it's incredible the amount of bullshit that we put ourselves through on a daily basis. And that's literally just the way of the world right now. And it's incredibly retarded. I, I just, you know, and I pardon my use of the word retarded because, you know, some of you guys out there might get offended by that. And I apologize if I, you know, hurt your little snowflake feelings. But, you know, I mean it not to have anything to do with anybody who may potentially be mentally challenged. Just the thought process of doing things backwards and stupid. And it's just ridiculous. I mean, you know, you got people who make decisions on a daily basis that affect their family because they want to look cool on Instagram or they want to look cool on Facebook or they want to look cool on Twitter or whatever the case may be. I mean, it's just ridiculous. You know, I mean, people don't want to wait in line anymore. That's why every restaurant, every fast food chain has an app now where you can order online and pick it up in the drive through I mean, dude, what happened to waiting? What happened to patience? What happened to the things that make us human? Well, we're dehumanizing the human race right now because we are literally... Making convenience the number one priority for everybody. 
Heaven forbid you go somewhere and you have to wait in line for more than two minutes. People start to get pissed off. I've literally stood in line waiting for a coffee at Dunkin' Donuts with, yeah, I won't go to Starbucks, just so some of you know, because I don't give money to that liberal shithole. But Dunkin' Donuts, you wait in line at Dunkin' Donuts, literally, I looked at my phone, it was like two minutes. And the lady standing in front of me was literally standing there, like looking around, pissed off, tapping her foot because she was waiting two minutes for her coffee. And I couldn't help but think it to myself. Well, you know they have like a speed line with the, with the app. And if you really needed your coffee that bad, you could have just ordered it with the app and come in and pick it up on the side. But that's neither here nor there. You know, at the end of the day, this is just, we have created this world where people have no patience. People don't know how to talk to people. Because what's happened is now with social media, it, the funny thing is, is that the term social media has made people socially socially inept. They don't know how to have a conversation. They don't know how to talk to people in real life. They don't know how to read body language. They don't know how to read emotion. They don't know how to do anything without a keyboard in their hand. And it's it's crazy. I mean, that's just, I look at my kids and I'm gu- as guilty of it as anybody else. You know, sometimes on weekends and stuff, they're home and they'll be on their phone for seven, eight hours in a day. And yeah, it infuriates me, but a lot of times I'm just as guilty of everybody else as being busy, in air quotes, and trying to find something to do that keeps me busy and keeps me making money and keeps me taking care of my family. So rather than prioritizing my children and getting them off their phones and getting them outside and having them do stuff, I let them sit in there on their phones and I'm just as guilty as everybody else. So I'm not sitting here calling anybody out and saying I'm not part of that, you know, group of people in the same respect because I'm not, I am, I'm just as bad as everybody else because it is something that the world itself, with the exception of third world countries and stuff where, you know, 11 year old kids don't have cell phones because that's a first world problem. But, you know, that we've gotten to the point where that's just the nature of the beast. You know I mean? We're going to start hearing about, you know, soldiers being away at war and getting shot in the face because they were too busy looking at their Instagram or taking a selfie while they were on the battlefield. It's going to happen. I'm telling you right now. Because that's just the way of the world right now. Some of these kids learn this shit from video games and cell phones. They learn how to actually have combat. I watched a, a show today where a little kid, his mom went into labor. And he jumped in the car to try to get his mom to the hospital. Or to actually to try to take his mom to the to the fire station. And he ended up you know, hitting something and actually getting into an accident. But he was like nine years old. And when they get to the hospital, the dad finally shows up and the dad's like, where did you learn how to drive? And he's like, Xbox, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, and that's true. I mean, these kids are learning life lessons through video games. They're learning life lessons through Instagram, through Snapchat, through Twitter, through whatever, you know, Facebook is obviously for old people at this point. So that's what I've been told by, you know, a lot of my uh, a lot of the younger people that I know in my life is that Facebook is no longer cool for kids or for teenagers. It is now considered the old people um, communication tool. So a lot of new younger people are no longer even signing up on Facebook anymore because they don't think it's cool anymore. Instagram is the new cool thing and Snapchat and I don't know, so many other things that are out there. So it's just when I really think about stuff that you know, frustrates me. Let's talk about politics a little bit. And, you know, this podcast is going to waver in all kinds of different directions. We're going to talk about all kinds of shit. We're going to talk about whatever's on my mind and whatever frustrates me that has to do with the world or whatever I'm happy about in certain instances. We'll just, it'll, you know, certain days will take 
um, certain twists and turns. And, you know, but today I just happen to be kind of frustrated because let's talk about Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer and President Donald Trump. Now, let me preface this with I did not vote for Donald Trump. Okay, I actually did not vote in the general election for president because I didn't know. I knew I wasn't voting for Hillary's bitch ass. But I had no idea who else I was going to vote for. And I didn't trust that Donald Trump was going to be a good president. I didn't know. I had an idea in my head that him being a businessman would probably be a positive thing for America and for our economy and for a lot of other things. But I didn't know what else he was going to be able to bring to the table. So I didn't vote for him. And when he first became president, I was very hesitant to give him any support because he is... You know, for, for all intensive purposes, he is very, very different than any other president we've had in the past. And he's not the best public speaker. You know, he he talks shit. He tells people like it is. He comes to the podium with fire. And sometimes he says inappropriate shit. Sometimes he says stuff that he shouldn't say. Sometimes he puts people down. Sometimes he embarrasses the country. I get it. I understand. And I've seen that. But if anyone, I don't care what side of the political line you're on, I don't care what, I don't care if you're Democrat, Libertarian, you know, um, Republican, I don't give a crap where you stand. If anybody in this country can sit back right now and after two, two and a half years of this guy's presidency and not admit that he has done more for our country than Obama's bitch ass did in eight years, you are fucking stupid. And I, I could give two shits about what your thought process is, what you think, what your hopes and dreams are, or that you were so gung-ho that Obama was going to be, was our first black president that he had to succeed. I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Okay. Two and a half years in office, Donald Trump has done more for the for the country than any other president, in my opinion, in the history of the, of, of the United States ever did, especially in that short period of time. You know, even especially for minorities and you guys are insane. I mean, I hear people talking about him being a bigot and a racist and a xenophobe and and sexist and Bob that could not be further from the truth. They're literally made up lies through the liberal media and from the Democrats point blank period. You guys, anybody who believes that is I, I mean, I don't even know how to I don't even know how to categorize you. All I know is. You're not watching the same, you know, news conferences. You're not looking at the same results. You're not looking at the same truth that I am. That's for damn sure. So I'll give the guy a million percent credit. Our economy is flourishing. Unemployment is the lowest it's ever been for everybody, not just minorities, not just women, not just it's the lowest it's ever been. You know, yes, right now we have we're stuck in a trade battle with with China and a lot of people are ripping them because they're like, oh, he's going to screw us up. We're going to get all these embargoes. We're going to get all these new taxes. We're going to get all these new, you know, tariffs and penalties and blah, blah, blah. Listen, anybody who thinks that right now has never been involved in a real negotiation. Anybody who believes that all this is a detriment to the company right now has never had to sit down and actually negotiate with somebody for anything that was of real value. Because negotiations don't happen overnight. Negotiations don't happen in one meeting, two meetings, three meetings, especially on something as large of a scale as the U.S. China trade them, um, a trade agreement. So what you have to understand is that President Trump is the first person who has gone and sat down with these people and actually put his foot down and said, I am putting America first. I am going to put together a package 
that it's going to bring jobs back to the United States and that it's going to make Americans more money. And that's what he's trying to do. This dude loves America and he loves the American dream. He loves the, the fact that other people come here and migrate from all over the world to live the American dream. He doesn't need our money. He's the first president in history to lose money in office. First president in history. This guy's net worth was almost $5 billion when he became president. Last time I saw the numbers, he was like $3.8 million was his net worth. The dude's lost over a million dollars since he's been the president of the country. You, you like to hear a lot of people talk crap about, oh, he didn't turn down his pay as president. Yes, he did. He doesn't take it. It gets donated, but it doesn't go into his pocket. It doesn't mean, yeah, you're right. If, you, if A lot of people can sit there and say, well, if he didn't take the money at all, then it would just get put right back into the into the economy or whatever else. And he wouldn't have anything to do with, with deciding anything about it. Okay, well, you know, I get where you're coming from. But the reality is he gets to choose where the money goes instead of going in his pocket. And he does. He has not been paid to be the president. He is doing this entire job for free. Okay, and a lot of people, you can sit there and talk crap all you want and say, ah, he doesn't need the money. He's a billionaire. You're right. He doesn't need the money, but he deserves it. Just like you deserve it for going to flipping burgers every morning, or you deserve it for going to waiting tables every day, or you deserve it for going and cutting somebody open and fixing their heart. People deserve to be paid for what they're doing. And if we paid presidents based on merit and what they actually accomplish versus a standard wage, half of the presidents in history wouldn't have been paid shit because they didn't do anything. So when you look at it from that perspective, and like I said, going back to the China, you know, the whole trade war that's going on right now, this is a negotiation. This is something that's going to take time for them to figure out. This is something that there's we're going to go back and forth and the media is going to rip him about it because there's going to be good meetings and there's going to be bad meetings. But you know what? The fact that he's putting his foot down, he's putting America first means that we are going to come out of this in a better situation than we were when we started. Okay. Yes, okay, we might have a little bit higher taxes on some of the stuff coming out of China. We may, there are certain things that may increase, but it's gonna, there, but it's gonna, what's gonna end up happening is it's gonna end up washing itself out from both sides, but it's gonna end up bringing jobs back to the United States because people are not gonna have to outsource to China in order to make things happen. Like, just to give you a silly example, for a company that I work with, I wanted to have a little, a little plush toy made that is, is a version of the, the um the mascot of the company okay i got in touch with three or four companies in the united states and the lowest price i got in the united states for a five inch tall little stuffed plush toy was three dollars and 81 cents for a for 3600 plus units so anything over 3600 units was gonna be three dollars and 81 cents each so we're talking you know almost fourteen thousand dollars for these little plush toys in order for me to get them at that price with a 12-week turnaround which is three months I got in touch with somebody in China, came back for 500 units. I can get them for $2 a piece on an eight week turnaround time. Okay. That was one company. Now I guarantee you had I upped it to 3000, I probably could have got them for a dollar and change a piece. So when you look at the difference in cost for something like that, that is massive. We're not talking about 25 cents, 50 cents. We're talking dollars. You know, we're talking serious money over, you know, millions of units for something for a particular company, which makes me understand more why people outsource to China. So what 
President Trump is trying to do is he's trying to level the playing field. He's trying to make it so that companies don't have to outsource stuff to China in order for them to actually be profitable and make money. So stop talking shit. Let's see how this all pans out. Doesn't mean, He's not perfect, so it doesn't mean that this is going to be that he's going to come up with the greatest trade deal in the history of mankind. But I do believe in the end it's going to be we're going to be better off than we are right now. So the people that are hating on him and kicking him, you know, kicking him in the nuts while he's down, whatever else, just let it be. Let it play out. Let's talk about Pelosi and Schumer, okay? Let's talk about the other day where I laugh because I'm like, it's just ethics. I mean, let's be real, okay? If I was if I was involved with another company and we were negotiating doing some type of business, you know, let's say for instance, um, let's just put it out, uh, put a phony scenario together and uh, talk about let, let's like make lighter, make joke of like the Takata airbag deal. Okay, so m- my company is Kakata instead of Takata. Okay, and I'm stepping in because I make airbags, and I'm going to go to a meeting with Ford. You know, Ford Motor Company, because I'm going to talk to them about taking over their air, their air, airbag manufacturing. But an hour before I go into the meeting and sit down with the chief financial officer and the buyer from Ford to discuss my company, Kakata, however I said it, Katata, making these airbags for them. I'm going to have a press conference and I'm going to tell the world that Ford's vehicles suck, that Ford's the bottom of the barrel that they're garbage, that these cars don't buy them because they're worthless. Do you honestly believe that an hour after that conversation that the CEO, the CFO, the buyer from Ford is still going to want to sit down with me and have a conversation? Fuck no. They're going to tell me to go to hell and spit in my face. That's exactly what Nancy Pelosi did to Donald Trump yesterday or Thursday. An hour before they were supposed to have this meeting with the Democrats that was scheduled about infrastructure, She comes out of a meeting with the House Democrats, deciding, talking about impeaching the president, goes before the liberal media and says, Donald Trump's engaged in a cover-up. She accuses the president of being engaged in a cover-up. So you know what? If I would have walked into the meeting and saw her ugly face staring back at me after she just accused me of a cover-up after $35 million, 500 you know, witness testimonies, 2,000 plus subpoenas, two years of bullshit. I would have been pissed too. And I would have told her, I would have looked at both her and Chuck Schumer and said, you know what? I'm done. Like, if we can't come to some type of an agreement to move forward and put the American people first, then I'm not talking to you guys at all. Because it is ridiculous that you would have the balls to have a meeting And then an hour to schedule a meeting and then an hour before that meeting to go before the media and shit talk me and try to make me out to be some kind of an evil, evil bastard. Not that she hasn't done that 10,000 times already in the past. But let's think about that logically. Think about let's put aside the fact that he's the president of the United States and let's realize that he's a human being. Okay, and I believe that this guy has swallowed so much bullshit in the last two years and kept doing his job kept putting one foot in front of the other and just kept kicking ass despite all the garbage that was going on in the background. Millions of documents handed over from the White House. 500 plus people interviewed. You know, wiretaps, bugs, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And guess what? 
Robert Mueller came back. No collusion. No, not enough evidence for obstruction. Bill Barr read the report, gave the House Democrats the opportunity to read the unredacted version of the report or the 99.9% unredacted version of the Mueller report, and they refused to read it. And before anybody comments on the podcast or talks any shit about me, I read all 448 pages of the Mueller report. Okay. Yes, there is some damning shit in there, meaning there's some conversations that President Trump had with people that made him look a little worried, made him look frustrated, made him look bothered. But he's a human being, man. And I don't care what the hell is going on in your life. If you're being attacked from all sides and treated like complete crap and drugged through the mud, you're going to say stuff that looks bad, especially when taken out of context. You're going to have frustrating days. You're going to have pissed off days. You're going to be annoyed by what's going on there. I, 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 as a human being, I don't think there's anything worse than being accused of something you didn't do because I honestly, like a lot of people I've, I've been put in that position before and I had people say, well, how, as, as angry as you got makes me think that you're guilty. Fuck you. I'm angry because I'm not guilty. I'm angry because you're accusing me of shit. That's bullshit. You're accusing me of a fucking lie that I didn't do. So because of that, that's why I'm angry. If you accuse me of something I did, you know what? Fine. I did it. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, there is no way on earth that President Trump could have gotten 500 plus people together and got all that crap, all these subpoenas and had all this stuff taken care of and swept under the rug. There's no way there was somebody somewhere that would have turned on him or would have said something that would have, you know, um, would have slipped up on a phone call or an email or something that would have somehow given information that made that, you know, that showed guilt and it, they didn't, I mean, there's nothing to be found and these sons of bitches will not let it go. And it's, and it's done. Like they, these people are not going to rest. Do you guys realize that Congress has not done shit since January 1st? Since they have not done a damn thing so far this year, except try to impeach the president, try to attack the president, try to go after Bill Barr, try to go after, you know, anybody that's been associated with the Trump campaign. They have not done a damn thing. The only person who's got anything done so far this year is the president himself. And it's ridiculous. I mean, we are literally paying these people to sit in office and try to impeach the president because that's all they're doing. That's their focus. That's all they are worried about right now is trying to impeach the president. Why can't we all come together collectively as a country and say, you know what? The Mueller report came back, showed no collusion. Let's move forward. Let's come to like come together collectively as a bipartisanship and try to make this country better. We're not going to agree on everything, but let's move forward because sadly, folks, Especially for those of you out there that may be listening to this show that didn't vote for Trump and don't plan to vote for Trump, he's coming back. It's going to be eight years of Trump. So 2020, he's he's going to be back in there because the people are tired of the bullshit. The people are tired of being fed lies. The people are tired of the Democratic Party trying to brainwash people. So it's over. It is what it is. There's going to be five and a half more years of President Trump and then hopefully which would be amazing in my opinion, would be great to see Dan Crenshaw jump in there in 2024 and take over and actually be president after Donald Trump. Because I think he's the next one on the list who actually deserves it. And because I don't know about you guys, but 
the I have dual citizenship. I'm actually a citizen here and a citizen in the UK. And I'm not I'm not going to sit back and say that the UK is much better because I have family that lives there and deals with all kinds of bullshit and Muslim crap that's going on over there and taking over the country and killing people and you know locking you know regular British citizens out of certain areas of the of the cities and stuff like that, which is just amazing to me that they're even allowing that to happen in their country but without some type of rebellion or something going on over there. But the minute that the United States becomes a socialist country, I'm out. Me and my family are gone. I don't care if I have to sell everything that I own, put it in a garage sale, get the hell out of here. We're on a plane and we're headed out and I will never come back because I, we live in the United States. We live here because we have those basic freedoms that the constitution allows us. So the minute that someone like Bernie Sanders steps in and we become a socialist nation, nah, dude, I'm sorry. I'm not waiting in line for toilet paper. I'm not working my ass off to make sure that the rich guys stay rich and that all the people below me that just want to hang out and smoke their medical marijuana, like the guy that lives upstairs from me right now, and, you know, drink their cans of Budweiser and throw them all over the place and eat their government-issued cheese that we're, I'm making the same amount of money as them, but I'm the one working my ass off and they're the one just sitting at home playing video games all day long. I'm sorry, but that's just not, that's not how things are going to work for me. And I'm not going to deal with that. I'm going to take my family out of this country and, and haul ass. And hopefully the country will come to its senses. And maybe after a civil war, things will get back to the way that they should be. But I, you know, hope and pray that that doesn't happen. And I don't think it will, because I don't think people are really that stupid that they're going to put someone like Bernie Sanders <clears throat> or Beto O'Rourke or any of those other morons in uh, that believe in socialism, you know, in the White House. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think them. It's such a majority. I mean, such a minority of people who actually believe that socialism works that it's just not. And the cool thing is, is that right now I think that the Democratic Party is trying to put so many nominees up that they're ultimately going to end up waxing themselves out. So, and I hope that that's and ends up being the case. So. But, you know, long story short, it is what it is. This is the kind of crap that we have to deal with in America right now. And it's frustrating because I just get tired of seeing the shit. You know, I get tired of logging into Facebook or turning on the news and just hearing more political bullshit, political garbage. And yeah, I will blame President Trump just as bad, just as much as I'll blame anybody else because he feeds into it and he tweets about the people and he does all this stuff. And I get it. But the reason why he does that is because he's not a pussy. He's not the kind of person that's just going to sit up in the White House and you know, twiddle his thumbs and, and cross his arms and say, oh, they're hurting my feelings, boo-hoo-hoo, like President Obama did. President Obama didn't, didn't call anybody out. President Obama was a pussy. He sat in the office and let the, let, let the entire rest of the world walk on the United States. President Trump ain't, ain't standing for that. He's the first person to, you know, look... Kim Jong-un in his friggin' mouth and tell him, you're a piece of shit. I'll slap you if you don't fucking listen to me. That's the kind of president we need for this country. That's what America needs for us to be great again. And I'm looking forward to the next five and a half years of President Trump in the office because I honestly believe that he has the country's best interests at heart. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I'm going to step off here from today. But um, this will be a weekly thing. And uh, I look forward to your feedback. So, well... World, we're screwed and we're out.